This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 122, Submission 1410, The Morton Downey Jr. Show. The Morton Downey Jr. Show aired on WWOR New York and in syndication from October 19, 1987 to September 15, 1989. Well, we should mention that it started on WWOR and then it went to nationwide syndication in 1988. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness, all right? Do these inalienable rights belong to all of us? Let's consider someone like who John Wayne Gacy, a convicted child molester, serial killer of some 30 young guys, who buried them in his crawl space in his house. Does he have the right to the pursuit of happiness? Should he have the right to experience the joy of love in his heart and be visited in prison by his fiance once a week and maybe once in a while get a little action, huh? The only visitors those 29 boys get are to their grave sites. While their families lay flowers on their sons, Gacy's thinking of laying something else. We've got his girlfriend here tonight, and we'll meet her. Women who love killers, next. Television syndication, well, weekly, weekday television syndication in the 1980s has been, for the most part, with one exception, Donahue, quiet. Nice, calm, and quiet. We had your sort, your mix, your, your pablum mix of talk shows, sitcoms, game shows, most of which only lasted for one season. Million dollar chance of a lifetime. I'm talking with you. Two seasons there, buddy. Oh, my bad. My bad. <laughs> You're thinking of Ed Oh, Light oh and we're going to talk about that sometime. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Also, oh, I was going to say, you're thinking of Headline Chasers, Chico. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's like most of 1980s syndication shows we're going to be talking about in another show. And hell, we talked about uh, Prime Time Starts at 7.30 block. You all know about that. But in 1987, some, somebody took a chance and put a chain-smoking loudmouth on late-night television to yell at people for 
was it 30 minutes or an hour? I want to say. Oh, it was, it was an, hour. an hour. It was it, an hour. Yelling at people for an hour and chain smoking on television. Now, it wasn't just an hour. Well, it was an hour, but it wasn't just any uh, like random hour. On WWOR or WOR, it was 9 p.m. Prime time. He's yelling and confronting at like everybody. And mm. it was a ratings juggernaut. Because I don't know of many shows that make the leap from, say, WOR or WGN or a nationwide superstation to uh, to national syndication. The only one that really comes to mind immediately is Starcade, but I think it was on TBS and uh, and national syndication concurrently. It wasn't didn't start at TBS then go to nationwide syndication. You are correct, sir. By the way. Interesting story. Interesting story recording that, but that's going to be for another episode. Just saying. But yeah, it, it started. It started out as this guy, who was a disc jockey, Morton Downey Jr. First of all, it, he was born Sean Morton Downey. His his dad was a Morton Downey, so he popped the junior. But yeah, he started out as a DJ. Uh, in Phoenix, in Miami, Kansas City, San Diego, Seattle, and uh, Cleveland too. I can Cle- tell you, Cle- he Cleveland. He was in Cleveland. Yeah, but did he did he uh, mention a competing DJ's wipe and phone number in Cleveland? Oh my gosh, I don't really know. I mean, knowing him, he could have done anything. He was that irreverent. He was incredibly irreverent, but in nineteen in the uh, in the eighties, he found himself as the host of a syndicated talk radio show in Sacramento on KFBK, and he was fired for being uh, very abrasive, very loud, very in your faceish, and he was replaced, ironically, by Rush Limbaugh. Let that sink in. And we, we should actually also mention uh, Morton Downey Jr. wasn't just uh, anybody or a nobody. Uh, he did have uh, show business lineage in him. His father, the senior, uh, was a singer, and his mother was Barbara Bennett, and she was an actress. Uh, didn't really do anything... Yeah, she, she didn't do a, a, that much, uh, any films I've heard of. I didn't, yeah. But Downey, uh, the senior, uh, was very popular back in like the 20s and 30s. So th- this goes back uh, quite a bit. Oh. And, well, his son also tried his hand at the uh, music game. He re- recorded a song called Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Uh, not not the Green Day song. It was the song that was originally recorded by his mother. Constant was not his no. Constant Bennett was not his mother. He was his aunt. Oh, Barbara Bennett. Barbara Bennett. Constance Bennett was Barbara's sister, if I'm not mistaken. But yeah, he recorded a version of Boulevard of Broken Dreams, the Al Dubin song, not the Green Day song. He also had a song called Green-Eyed Girl that peaked at number 95 on the Billboard country charts. Peaked at 95? <laughs> it peaked at 95. 
that that's not usually a, a phrase you hear that often when you're talking about a, a singer peaked at 95 hey. that's his singing career in a nutshell peaked at 95 thanks for playing <laughs> yeah it was like hey you peaked at 95 good for you you're never gonna hey, make it in this town yeah, so you could, could have been worse could have peaked at 96 <laughs> that is true <laughs> so he ends so ultimately his career finds him in the bustling suburban town of uh, Secaucus, New Jersey which is known mostly for being eight miles outside of New York and also uh, getting a getting a uh, syndicated station due to a workaround of um syndication rules at the time. We all remember the famous WWOR workaround where it's like, okay, we're trying to get a renewal from the FCC, but given that we were owned by RKO General and the FCC really does not like RKO General at the time, it's like, okay, what do we do here? And then they found a workaround. WOR found a workaround that said any station willing to move to New Jersey will have their FCC license renewed. So they moved to Secaucus. It's like, you found a loophole. Good for you. Morton Downey Jr. also moved to Secaucus. And this is where our story begins. Now, that's, that's pretty much where... Uh, uh, Morton Downey Jr.'s show began in 1987 in WWR in Secaucus, New Jersey. And the rest, as they say, is history. But the thing that Morton Downey Jr. brought, not just to his show, but television in general, was he was very confrontational. And he was not shy at tackling hot-button topics. I saw a lot of uh, his show when I was younger. He went like head on with the KKK, with racist groups. Uh, Al Sharpton was somebody that he confronted uh, at least once. Taking a look at uh, some of the topics that he covered, he covered uh, topics related to LGBTQ issues. He uh, confronted issues regarding... American Indians, uh, maybe even the use of that name, since that's now kind of taboo. He confronted uh, homelessness at Christmas time. That was actually a Christmas 1988 topic. Was the uh, the homeless uh, issues at Christmas time kind of timely, given uh, when we're releasing this? But also at the same time, he had let's say more frivolous types of shows. He had a wrestling show, Greg. Yes. And I know you, you've, you've probably seen it. If not seen it, you've seen parts of it. Uh, he had uh, the occasional uh, show about strippers. Uh, one that I found, uh, at least pieces and parts of, uh, while doing research for the show, was Strippers for God. What? I'm... My hands are up in the air. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, they were strippers for God. Strippers they, they for were, God? They were stripping for the Lord. 
Okay, I get that. Hallelujah! <laughs> Praise the Lord and pass the twenties. Anyway, yeah, yeah, not not even joking about that. That was uh, one of the the clips that I saw. I have a good, great uh, idea. Got I have a great idea. Okay. Oh no! I have a new great idea after hearing this. A church slash strip club. You could have the best of both worlds. Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Oh God! Yeah, you could go to confessional right there on site. Yes. <laughs> right after you hit up the buffet. But you can't hit up the buffet. Social distancing. Anyway. Yeah, so social distancing and, and you can't touch the strippers. Everybody knows that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you can have some big bouncer there. Oh, that that's a great idea. I like that, actually. Hey, maybe that's the business uh, idea I need. But but also obviously at the time big hot button issues, uh, communism, uh, Russia, how the the media here in the United States was presenting the controversy with uh, Russia back in the day. I know there's still you know controversies nowadays, but remember back in '88 it was still the USSR, it was still the Soviet Union, it wasn't 13 or 14 independent republics in yeah. Russia. Yeah, and this is fresh off the hot button future entry miniseries America with a K. So, the, uh, so as I said, he was very confrontational. He wasn't just confrontational with guests; he was confrontational with audience members. He was, and there's even video of him on YouTube getting confrontational with Howard Stern. Oh, the king of all the king of all media, for heaven's sakes. And and Howard was on W.O.R. in this time, too, I think he would have been uh, Saturday nights, possibly. Yeah, because he was okay, on but, up but, against SNL. Yeah, but before uh, he went nationwide with uh, on CBS. Yeah, on uh, Westward One. Right. So, yeah, while he was confrontational with some guests, he had some mainstream guests kind of sort of he had henny youngman as a guest henny youngman really take my wife take my wife please oh that explains it uh, well no 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 <laughs> i'll be I here all week folks i don't i don't remember the i don't remember the episode what, what the topic was but yeah oh let's speak to our our uh, special guest here tonight, Henny Youngman. Okay, I knew Henny Youngman was still alive. He, he, I think he had another five or so years on him. But it's like, really? He's the person that we're going to try and connect uh, with uh, the younger audience? Henny Youngman, take my wife, please? It's like he didn't have to, Yeah, he didn't have to uh, do much to connect to his audience because, if you remember, he liked to yell a lot. At people, he he yelled at people he disagreed with. He yelled at people he agreed with. Oh, he yelled with everybody. Uh, taking a look at more um, topics here: uh, doctors versus lawyers. Should the punishment fit the crime? The election year controversy of the P Pledge of Allegiance. Now, remember uh, that was back in '88, so that was Dukakis versus Bush. Yeah, which, 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 which is which is odd when you which is odd when you consider that this aired on a station that had a sort of a public service thing at the start of their broadcast day that said 
the Pledge of Allegiance, now more important than ever. Socialism and housing? Oh, geez, We're, we've only heard enough about socialism this yeah, year. Yeah, we all know that's a buzzword for, well, whatever. It's a buzzword for. Should handguns be banned? Oh, I bet you I know what his reaction would be. Hell no, don't take my rights away from me. He, he was sort of conservative before you had Rush Limbaugh. Well, Rush Limbaugh would have started around 87, 88 in radio. He would have been cutting his teeth. But yeah, Morton Downey Jr. was the, 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 the sort of conservative voice before we had Glenn Beck and before we had Rush Limbaugh. Well, he wasn't really a conservative, a conservative voice. He was just... He, I think he was paid to be a contrarian. Well, he had, I, I don't know if necessarily they were his beliefs, but at least how he came across on television was more conservative, uh, especially if you look at the, the opening credits. Now, first off, the opening credits, I think, are great for this show. You see the, uh, the, the American flag in the background. You see tanks going. I think they're going to Russia or the Soviet Union or maybe China, and then they're going away from China. And uh, it, it, there's a lot of patriotism involved. You see women holding pies, possibly apple pies. He comes across as very conservative, even if not necessarily he was conservative. Yeah. But yeah, the, the opening by itself, oh my gosh, that, that's like one of my favorite openings from the, the late 80s. Is it, was the basically, uh, it, it was basically sort of... Um... Monty Python-esque uh, still photography photography, yeah, still photography animation, uh, Monty Python-esque still photography animation if that makes any sense. Do co-ed dorms promote sexual permissiveness? Yes, they're horny 20-year-olds. <laughs> the, the rights of prisoners, and actually I think I saw that one on, on, um, on YouTube uh, because actually uh, that episode, they had John Wayne Gacy's, don't know if it would have been wife or ex-wife at the time, or, or no, John Wayne Gacy wouldn't have been executed in, in 88. It would have been in the 90s, so probably not uh, widow at that point. But they uh, actually had on that episode uh, reg regarding prisoners' rights, John Wayne Gacy's partner, spouse. Uh -huh. Guardian Angels. Oh my God! Where weren't the Guardian Angels back in the day? I think they lived at in Secaucus, WWOR. It's very tight. Were they? Were they? Were they? Uh, were they walking? Were, were they within driving distance from Nine Broadcast Plaza? Oh, like I said, they probably had a, a shed in the back. And this is very timely too, since Omnibus actually did an episode on the Guardian Angels recently. True. True. Date rape, police violence. Oh, geez. This is 2020 in a nutshell. Police violence. Uh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm, like I said, I'm just going through this list. And then uh, taking a look at some of these other topics, uh, they, they definitely uh, sort of spun off into the Maury's and uh, the, the Jenny Jerry, Joneses. The Jerry Springer's. The, the, well, the Richard uh, Bayes's. The, the, the Springers is not as much just because he's more of a sexual relation slant. Uh, uh, taking a look at, at, at this one uh, that I'm peeking at right now. Discipline camp for troubled teens. Again, Jenny Jones 
and Maury Povich. But he didn't do DNA tests, so I'll give him that because, well, DNA technology really wasn't around in 1988. I was waiting for Maury. Uh, yeah. Uh, the elderly, I don't know what necessarily it means by the elderly. That's just all I have here. Oh, Greg, I think you're going to like this one. Boxing scandals, specifically Carl Williams discusses plans to beat Mike Tyson. Oh, yeah. I wish I was kidding. Carl the Truth, Carl the Truth Williams. They even put a nickname in there. It wasn't Carl Williams. Carl the Truth Williams discusses plans to beat Mike Tyson. Oh, God. Is, well, this was actually a show. This was actually an episode that happened. I, I, I'm looking at it. I can even give you the date. Uh, July 16th, 1989 in reruns. <laughs> he, he, he was going to beat Mike Tyson. That's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it works out for us. Oh, Espe- boy. oh especially in 1989. Yeah. Uh, because uh, Buster Douglas wouldn't be till 1990, so he, he was yeah. still undefeated at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, state-imposed medical care, handicap rights uh, advocates. Did you mention Mars? Mars. 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 They're, they have an epi- they have an episode titled Mars. I, I can only imagine, since this is the Morton Downey Jr. show, what that was about. It's got to be about Martians. It, it can't be about uh, space exploration on Mars. I, I don't. I, I, it's not necessarily that highbrow of a show. It's now. It sounds like we're getting a little bit of Art Bell into the conversation. We're just hitting all the radio and TV personalities today. Speaking of, of flamboyant radio personalities. Boy, who, who would have been a flamboyant radio personality in 1988? Um, I could tell you who wouldn't be a flamboyant radio personality in 1988. Maybe that's where Howard Stern comes into play. Oh, yeah. It's like Howard Stern, and that's all I can remember. Because if I'm not mistaken, Rick Dees was, Rick Dees was on the radio, but he was also doing his side gig as a voiceover artist. And, oh, well, yeah, and he would also have that talk show thing on ABC. There you took the answer right out of my mouth. That's exactly why Rick D's wouldn't have been on. Oh, geez, this oh gosh, this is again another 2020 in a nutshell, or at least a gone, it, it, or at least it's a 2020 ish topic liberal whites versus conservative blacks. I'm just the messenger. Good night, everybody. Uh, school system or sewer system, the quality decline. Boy, again, sounds sound sort of timely. Videotape burning. Not flag burning, videotape burning. Flag burning would have been a hot topic of their, uh, in that time frame, too. No pun intended. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to go through all the shows. I mean, I can go through uh, two years of TV listings saying what uh, was on that night. We'd be here forever. But the thing is, he would go after the controversial topics, and he would not. Oh, he was very confrontational. And I remember this from the the WWOR season. The first week of it, he was in the face of several racists, KKK members. Oh, it it, it was it was controversial. You want to know something? I was actually looking at. Uh, I was actually doing my own quick research, and the Roy Innes Al Sharpton episode. You know where that was taped? Was that Harlem? 
the, that was the Apollo, not just in Harlem, the Apollo, the world famous historic Apollo Theater in Harlem. Whoa! Yeah, and, and actually, there's the at least the first part of that episode online, and they must have done live music because, or not necessarily live music, they did a different version of the the theme song, and that really caught my eye. I can see how that might be a little controversial, but also at the same time bridging the gap. Well, that you know, it, it, it well, this is Morton Downey Jr. He is nothing if not bridging the gap. He, it's like Morton Downey Jr. likes to play up against both sides of the fence. He was just the DGAF kind of guy back before it was cool. There's plenty of episodes online. And uh, when I say plenty, I'd say there's at least probably 10 to a dozen. And it's a good variety of topics. Like I said, there's uh, shows that were controversial at the time. They confront communism. Online is the aforementioned pro wrestling show. A show about child abuse. I mentioned the rights of prisoners uh, talking with John Wayne Gacy's spouse. There's a metal show, and I mean heavy metal you know, music. Heavy metal. Yes. Oh, Hair yeah, yeah. Hair Nation. Yeah, because that was the thing in 1989. In New York in 1989. Actually, was it? Yeah, you know what? New York had its fair share of glam rockers in 1989. Oh, yeah. Uh, big one for Morton Downey Jr., obviously. Smoker's Rights. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. that that Talk about hitting close to home there. Oh, very close to home. Uh, White Supremacy at the Apollo. There's the episode we were talking about. Yep. Or probably the episode that, that had... Uh, Roy Innes versus Al Sharpton. Roy Innes decked him one. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. But here's the thing. You think that they'd have, like, that Morton Daddy Jr. would have an issue with somebody like Al Sharpton, but he kept inviting him back on the show. So... Apparently, he saw where there is money to be made and or friendship to be brokered between the two. It's all for the ratings. You know that. You, you, you bring back the popular guests for the ratings. And if Al Sharpton stirs the pot a little bit and gets viewers watching, not even talking, just watching, job done. Bounty hunters, kids' yeah. beauty pet, kids' beauty pageants. Well, there's definitely an episode from... Uh, Maury oh. and, and Jenny Jones. Oh my gosh! That, yeah, that's not going to happen. Uh, the you know, aforementioned the, the, the dangers of kids' beauty pageants. That's not going to be a thing soon. No, no. Uh, we we mentioned uh, communism earlier. Uh, Ace Freely apparently w was on an episode from Kiss. I'm guessing that's the metal episode. Probably, yeah. Kiss really wasn't metal, but that that's just my uh, opinion. There's an episode online about slasher movies. Oh, okay. okay. So that, would, that would also be a, that would also be a resurgent thing because you had uh, after season after Halloween three season of the witch, which by the way is an underrated sequel. Uh, oh, oh yeah, don't tell Brian Sias that inside joke with me. <laughs> inside jokes are the best jokes. Anyway, and, yeah, you and, have. And, uh, Halloween 4, The Return of Michael Myers. We'd have Nightmare on Elm Street. 
It's either three or four at this point. Yeah, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, three or four. Uh, Friday the 13th, six? And, you, and you had, it's 1988. You had Child's Play at that point. Yeah. Uh, yep. Oh, 88, they were, Friday the 13th would have been at G, uh, the Jason Takes Manhattan portion. Okay, so that would be Friday the 13th, eight. And also you'd have the sort of uh, made-for-video, the made-for-video type of uh, slasher films. The stuff you would find ultimately at at, at the post watershed hours on Showtime. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. We oh we know what you're talking about, uh, and also Central Park uh, Squatters, also controversial, especially at the yeah, time. Yeah, yeah, that seemed to be a problem. You know, homeless homelessness, especially with the uh, aging veteran population in the 1980s, that was a problem in New York City. Oh, definitely, definitely. And now this isn't, I don't know if this is the same episode, but there was a strippers episode. Not strippers for God, just strippers. Well, yeah, you you knew it was coming. I I apologize. I I did, that that was the wrong word. I'm sorry. Bye, everybody. (laughs) But you can see it like, went all over the place i mean you had some milder topics you had some very controversial topics Uh, another one i'm actually looking at right now jewish racism uh that would obviously be a a very big topic talking about anti-semitism so yeah this show covered the whole gamut and it was always entertaining his big phrase, and, and and this was actually carried over in spoofs, and we're going to talk about spoofs in a second, because th- this show had that much of an impact on society. He loved calling people who he didn't agree with pablum pukers, which is part of the reason why I think he's conservative, because that sounds like something that your Rush Limbaugh might say, or yeah, somebody he doesn't agree with who is a, uh, a liberal but yeah, there was uh, takeoffs of this show. Most notably, I think, and this was a recurring bit on Letterman, was the Chris Elliott Jr. show. And he did everything like Morton Downey Jr. Same entrance to the show, same, you know, calling people pablum pukers, yelling and cutting people off. But also, especially as time went on early on, uh, and this is a recurring segment, he wouldn't have as many moles on his face or, or, or skin, uh, uh, skin tags. But after like two or three episodes, he was like covered in skin tags with, with like uh, with uh, makeup putty. And at least once one of them fell off in the middle of the show and Dave made a <laughs> comment about it. Oh, that's, <laughs> That's something else. Oh, that, that was absolutely amazing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm, I'm stuck in, in a laugh. Morton Downey Jr. really rode this wave of popularity. He appeared on many shows. I mean, he was on Entertainment Tonight. He was on other talk shows. He was on SNL. He actually of all places, made a an appearance on Church Chat. Yes. Oh, boy. And, oh, yeah, yeah, oh, boy. And, of course, he was featured in WrestleMania 5, 
with in the pipe famous Piper's Pit segment with Brother Love, where Morton Downey Jr. is just smoking in Rowdy Piper's face throughout the entire thing. And so Roddy Piper pretends like, oh, man, that's so good. There's smoke in my face. Hey, why don't you give me a cigarette? And while his back is turned, he gets a fire extinguisher out from under his stool. And then he says before his back is turned, give me some of that smoke, will you? And then he blows the fire extinguisher in his face. Hmm. Classic. Does it even does it even miss a beat? No. Does not even miss a beat. Of course, uh, it's not necessarily limited to television. The Morton Oh, no. Couch- say, it, say it. Take it out of my mouth. That's fine. No, yep. say it. Say it because I know okay. all three of us know where you're going. Who here has played Super Mario Brothers 3? Oh, yeah. Say it. Say it. Say it. Morton Koopa Jr., ladies and gentlemen. The Koopaling. The Koopaling. Yes. He is immortalized forever. In Super Mario Brothers, he's yes. in the Mar- he's in the yes. Mario canon forever. Yes, he is in the Mario canon forever. I, and yeah, and, and you know what? And you know what? Uh, screw the uh, Bowlerized version. Yeah, I just said that. The Bowlerized version of set on Saturday morning where they renamed everything. No, 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 no. no. He is Morton Cooper Jr. Yeah, he'll always be. But you're gonna say. Well, who knew Miyamoto was such a big fan of Morton Downey Jr.? Remember, this is the same guy who, it, it's been documented, has an autographed picture of Paul Heyman in his office. Who, by the way, Paul Heyman does appear in the, the pro wrestling episode over the phone. Which, of course, you're doing a pro wrestling episode in 1988 on Morton Downey Jr. Of course you're going to get Paul Heyman for this episode. Yeah, and I, and, I, and I bet you it got all the ratings. And yet, and yet, you know, as loud and as abrasive as he is, and as much as he is remembered in the pop culture zeitgeist, he did not get the ratings nationwide that he got in New York City. In fact, it got so bad that the uh, that the flagship, uh, WWOR, it would, would have been WWOR at the time because they just sold out to Universal. Again, this was before they had to spin off the uh, station to Chris Craft Industries due to uh, uh, regulations at the time, barring uh, foreign television, for, foreign companies from owning television stations in the U.S. Because Universal was owned by MCA, which was owned at the time by Matsushita Electric out of Japan. So now that I've completely confused everybody... The flagship, WWOR, had to move the show from 9 o'clock to 11.30. And they brought back the Million Dollar Movie. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's probably the issue with the ratings because here, it didn't air here till midnight. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm- it was a midnight show, but obviously you're going to get higher ratings and more controversy airing it at 9 o'clock or, or 10 o'clock. Uh, at least while the kids are awake, you know, okay, we can push it to midnight when the, the kids should hopefully be asleep. But yeah, I, I could definitely see why it would only last one season, not just because of ratings, but also again, maybe too controversial for some stations, uh, especially again, given some of the topics he covered, but uh, yeah, he lives uh, in history and thank heavens people 30 plus years ago had VCRs. 
and there's plenty of episodes on YouTube. I mentioned at least a dozen, if not at least 15 or so. Yeah. I know uh, when I was living in Arizona, it aired at 11 o'clock on uh, what is now Fox 11. So, of course, you go to sleep, leave the television on, go to sleep. Morton Downey Jr. would be on, wake up, and Double Dare would be on. My, my station was weird like that. Anyway. What time did they air Double Dare at? 6.30 they aired Double Dare at. Oh, 6.30 in the morning. Okay, I thought you meant... 6.30 in the morning, they aired Double Dare. I thought you meant it was airing at like 4 in the morning or something. No, like no. You, took a little, you, you dozed off while watching Morton Downey Jr. And, and then, then you would wake th- up at 6.30. Oh, look, Double Dare's on. Yeah, we we didn't have anything anywhere near that weird. We actually had Double Dare at 4.30 in the afternoon. No, that was no, that was Finders Keepers in Arizona. No, I think uh, four o'clock was Finders Keepers. We actually had it back to back. because we're cool that way. Anyway, um, well, we should also add a couple things about his life. I found some interesting things uh, out about his life. He actually owned an ABA basketball team in the sixties. Wait, what? What? He owned the. New Orleans Buccaneers. Oh. And he actually uh, was a president and co-founder of a proposed World Baseball Association in 1974, which sort of makes sense. You had the World Football uh, League then. The World League was 1974-75. The World Football League. The World World League was uh, late late 80s, early 90s. By the way, that's another entry. Okay, but, but and, and, that, that, that's the WFL, the World Football League. Which, yeah. all, which also will be covered on this show. Oh, yes. Absolutely. But also, uh, he did have uh, some radio jobs after the show got canceled. He went oh, back he to radio. Yes, he did have some radio jobs. Uh, he uh, was in Washington, D.C., in uh, 1992 then in 93 he showed up in dallas and he was still very controversial and very confrontational at this time but uh, he also moved on and this is shortly before he died he uh was in cleveland Uh, he was at wtam here in cleveland and his talk show back then was not uh, uh, not confrontational. It was a very tame version. It was more traditional talk. And he was on in the evenings. He was on, oh gosh, I, I want to say it, it would have been that? after was it would have been after the the the, the sports uh, t- uh, talk show, uh, the daily sports talk show, which would have been probably like six to ten p.m. So I think he was like 10 to midnight, probably took you to Art Bell. Because I, I think Art Bell started at uh, at uh, midnight at that time, uh, at oh. least here in Cleveland. Yeah. But, but that did not last all that long. I want to say at most it lasted three months. And it wasn't due to ratings as far as I know. It was because uh, of cancer. Uh, he lost a lung due to cancer uh, right around the time that he started and released an album of songs. It was on cassette and CD. Morton Downey Jr. sings. I don't know how well he sung, but he sang, believe it or not. If you'll give me a second, I'm sure somebody has it on YouTube. Oh, you don't need to worry about that because (laughs) eBay price is right. (laughs) Oh, 
And what's up for bids is the CD of Morton Downey Jr. Sings. It was sold on November 6th. I'll buy it now. And uh, we're not going to do the cassette version. We're, we're going to do the CD because I think the CD was rare because, again, 1989 technology, you know, you, everybody had a cassette player. Not many people had a CD player. I'm going to start with Chico. Dollars and cents. What was the purchase price of this Morton Downey Jr. Sings CD? Seven ninety five. It was the first price that popped into my head. Believe it or not. Okay, Greg. Um, I will go nine dollars. Okay. The actual selling price on November sixth of this CD. Twenty-two dollars and ninety-nine cents. Yay! Wow, that is. But I can, but I can definitely tell you going back to your uh, statement about whether it's on YouTube or not. I'm looking uh, at it right now. I was gonna say, I know at least several of the songs are on YouTube. I don't know if if all the songs are on YouTube. Well, I know. Hey, Mr. Dealer. If you if you punch up Morton Downey Jr. sings, Hey, Mr. Dealer is the first track that pops up. I'm gonna take a listen to it right now. Come on now. I'm gonna put this in the chat here. You know, he's not bad. No. You can tell he has, like, some musical talent. Oh, you know, oh definitely. It's not for all audiences. No, definitely not. I can't wait for this. Die 
Um, oh, also, I should add that uh, that song, Hey There, Mr. Dealer. He performed that on their Arsenio Hall show. <laughs> and, and actually, Arsenio Hall might have been one of the reasons his show got canceled, because he would have started around 88, 89. Uh, yeah, and frankly, they would... Uh, and. Yeah, yeah, our city of Hall did start what 1988, 1989. I know yeah, he was I believe, yeah, I believe so. One of those two. It started on January 3rd, 1989. So, it would have run concurrently for the last 6 months of the Morton Downey Jr. show. Oh, you said June of 1989? Uh, January. Oh, well, absolutely. I I would agree with you there because Arsenio Hall was the thing and and actually it would have probably run it would have been closer to nine months because it didn't it go off the air September of 89. Yes, it yeah. did. And so, so yeah, so it, it had nine months, but still Arsenio Hall was the late night show of the late eighties and early nineties. I uh, just remember how iconic the Bill Clinton playing the saxophone was. Oh, but yeah. Yes. And, oh, but- and I should note that Arsenio was syndicated on channel nine WWOR. He probably, yeah, I'm guessing it was the news at 10 followed by Arsenio followed by the Morton Downey Jr. show. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's just how it would work. I guess if there's anything to be left from this is, and this is from the New York Times article. Uh, this is uh, Morton Downey Jr. talking. I am not a talk show host. I am an advocate. Television has a place to lead us. I think television should reflect life's realities and possibilities. I think it was Marshall McLuhan who said that television is a cool medium as opposed to a hot medium. Well, Marshall, your day is past. Well, judging by what, by all that came after Morton Downey Jr., I could honestly say he's not wrong. And one more thing I want to add before we wrap this up. In 2012, there was a movie called Evocateur, the Morton Downey Jr. movie. This aired, I've seen it on CNN. It's been maybe three or four years now, uh, but it did air on CNN. It was a great movie. Absolutely great movie. Especially if you're a big fan of Morton Downey Jr. So definitely seek that out. And actually, I saw, again, while doing research for this, you can watch it on YouTube free with ads. Hey, there's nothing better than free. Nope. So Morton Downey Jr., you could call him a patriot. You could call him a button pusher. You could call him the progenitor of trash television. You know what else you could call him? A thing on TV. And one of the, the really iconic great things on TV, especially uh, as a one-year wonder for uh, much of the nation, if you didn't have cable and and uh, specifically WWR. Yeah. Before we go, did you also know there was actually a Morton Downey Jr. home game? Wait, oh, hold on. Not, not necessarily a home game. I, yeah, I was okay. about to say, stop the sign-off. Stop the sign-off. Mike, you need to talk about this. Okay, I don't have this. But there was a Morton Downey Jr. board game called Loudmouth. And it actually had his, uh, the iconic logo, 
uh, you know, the mouth uh, wide open. And uh-huh. didn't say Morton Downey Jr. show on it, but he was on the cover and it said Loudmouth. Uh, it was released by Cardinal Games, I do believe, and it was concurrent with the, uh, I believe, the, the nationwide uh, syndicated uh, release of the show. But there, and there's actually a number of copies on eBay. There was a Morton Downey Jr. home game of sorts. Uh, maybe not home game, but a game related to the TV show. Yeah. And, okay. Yeah. And speaking of loudmouths, you can hear three loudmouths anytime you want by going to it was a thing on tv.com. Those three loudmouths, oh gosh, there's like 125 episodes and live shows and mini sods up there. And you can listen to those loudmouths all day. Hey, speaking of those loudmouths, <laughs> next time. It's the 2020 year in review show. Oh, so much television to watch in 2020. Tiger King was only and, the beginning. And gosh knows we had plenty of time to watch all of it. <laughs> oh, but yes. Yeah. Uh, all I can say is this was the year in which somebody put Super Sentai on a television network. And I watched nothing but that. And other shows, but we'll, and, oh yeah, we'll, of we'll, course yeah, there we'll, is. We'll, we'll inc- yeah, we'll include those uh, in the the year in review show on Thursday, right before the new year. Oh yeah, New Year's Eve. So countdown to twenty twenty one. Lord knows you want to with us. In the meantime, you can don't don't forget we are available wherever fine podcasts are streamed. You're talking about your Stitchers, your your Apple Music's, your 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 Stitchers, your Apple Music's, your Google Plays, your Spotify, your Spotify's, your Pandora's. Uh, you're on YouTube, of course. We got the weekly drop at Place to Be Nation. And yeah, don't forget, give us a ringy dingy on the YouTube's if you don't uh, have a proper podcast player. Yep. Mm-hmm. What is dropping on the? Uh, Wait, Nation uh, drop this week. Oh, we're we're doing uh on the drop the video game show part two and Tiger King. Oh, big episode. Uh, oh yeah, and and remember we are doing uh for that video game part two, we got a couple new segments in that episode. So there's an even bigger incentive to listen to that. Absolutely. But until the year in review episode, speaking for Greg and Chico, this is Mike. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you on New Year's Eve with the year in review on It Was a Thing on TV. Row! A vegan? I abst- a vegan. I abstain. <laughs> Let me hear what she has to say here. Let me hear Go ahead. You abstain from what? Yes, I abstain from all animal products, all including animal products. dairy. And clothing. And clothing. I eat raw hamburger. And what is your cholesterol? Raw fish. I smoke four packs of cigarettes a day. Well, I drink. I have about four drinks a day. I'm 55 years old, and I look as good as you do.